Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hello, listeners. I am so glad that you are here. This is Sarah, poet, and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Today, I love our topic. We're going to talk about sacred leadership and women's leadership, which is such a topic that is dear to my heart for a few reasons. Um, You know, I used to be in school leadership and have this experience of running schools and writing curriculum and, um, yeah, it was like a climbing the ladder, climb up, climbing the hierarchy, right. In, in the way the world is structured, it was, it was like part of that, um, climbing the career ladder, but my heart really always um, wanted to be in leadership, really oriented toward leadership. And although I worked in schools where I was a principal, you know, I tried to have relational practices and we did um, coaching models for teachers rather than like top-down observation, evaluation kind of things that were a little bit more traditional. Um, We tried to make it like more relational and more goal-oriented. And so really, really grateful for those experiences. And then, you know, as I was waking up to the truth of who I am as uh, as a woman, I recognized that there were some aspects of that leadership that I was trained in that actually were not congruent with um, who I am, who I was, who I was becoming. And so I started to question that. And so any of you that are out there in leadership positions and um, you know, starting to question like, oh, where does my feminine belong in this? I just, my heart goes out to you. I did a TEDx on that <laughs> and that journey that happened after I started asking like, oh, where is the feminine in this? And I really love what our guest today, Julie Parker is saying, she's saying, where is the sacred in this? Um, so now that I work with primarily women and I look at things like feminine leadership and you know what happens when we form shapes like circles instead of shapes like triangles and ladders when we're climbing to the top and as women what happens when we come together and we are all leaders we all have these sacred truths inside of us and we are 
witnessing our sisters. We are collaborating. It is one of the, if not the most powerful uh, force that I know of right now on the planet. So if that is a curiosity of yours, if you are like, you know, I have, I have um, innate leadership in me, even if I've never been quote unquote in charge of anyone or anything, um, you know, now is the time like women's sacred remembering, um, really is leadership because we're leading with the courage to be who we are and bring our gifts to the world. So I'm really excited for you to hear Julie speak on this. Um, I do want to mention that if this topic is really rich for you, if you find yourself coming into the truth of who you are and your innate leadership, maybe you are thinking about a new entrepreneurial endeavor. Maybe you are looking to be more of an embodied leader in both um, the masculine feminine, which I talk about in my work. I am launching a second round of the Sacred Truth Mastermind. It is a six month journey into the truth of who you are, into your full leadership. Um, And that begins August 19th. You can find more information about that at sarahpoet.com. I'm happy to talk with you about that. If you do really resonate with, um, you know, wanting a deeper journey into the heart of who you are, you know, in a held container of women. So I wanted to mention that there's more at sarahpoet.com. And now we're going to get to this interview with Julie Parker on sacred leadership. Thank you for being here. Um, When you listen to the interview, you can Hop on over to to the Sacred Remembering Facebook group. It's totally free. It's a community. We talk about what is going on in these episodes. You can just pop right in and let us know um, your biggest takeaway, what you thought. You know, if you're looking for a community of women, uh, we are there as well. Okay, so cheers to you and your Sacred Remembering. Thank you for being here. Your story of remembering matters. Keep coming back. Keep sharing this podcast. Uh, keep sharing your story. And it's a powerful time for women. Uh, it's a powerful time for the feminine on the planet. So thank you for being here. So much love. Julie Parker is the founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she passionately trains heart-centered people to become life coaches. As the co-founder of the Priestess Temple School, which is a global movement devoted to uplifting modern-day priestesses as they explore sacred leadership and service in the 21st century, Julie is committed to contributing to a world where presence, healing, and social justice are all honored. She has trained with high priestesses and modern-day mystery schools from all over the world. Julie has inspired thousands of people as an in-demand speaker, a sacred circle holder, a priestess and flower essence practitioner, and she is the recipient of numerous leadership and women's awards. She is the host of the top-ranking Priestess podcast. Julie and I had a fun conversation on her podcast a few weeks ago. And Julie has interviewed some of the world's greatest spiritual thought leaders and has committed 
a spiritual practice in her life uh, to her Celtic lineage in connection with the great mother and self. In this conversation, we focus on the concept of sacred leadership and the place of every woman, every woman in this movement. Hey, Julie, welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Sarah. Yes, we're doing a little podcast switcheroo because I was on the Priestess Podcast. Um, I had an interview recently, and here you are on the Sacred Remembering Podcast. So we're sprinkling the Priestess Sacred Remembering energy all around. (laughs) And don't we need it? So that's good. (laughs) It's very fun. It's very fun. So we are here today to talk about sacred leadership, which is um, a term that you use and something that you know very much about. And I love to talk about women in leadership. I love to talk about infusing the sacred. So I'm just really excited to hear more about this from you today. Thank you. Mm, You're so welcome. And I'm just really looking forward to our conversation. So tell us just how would you describe sacred leadership? Just introduce us to that. Well, to me, sacred leadership is a form of leadership that is likely to be very different to the one that we were taught about in school or maybe even that we uh, were guided to in our early adulthood. And it's definitely different to the very um, white male patriarchally dominated form of leadership that we see uh, in such prominent positions throughout the world right now. Sacred leadership is uh, a form of leadership that has at its heart the betterment of the world at all touch points. It's about leading from a position of deeply considering how your actions and your life and the way that you interact and lead, not just with people, but with animals, and the planet, Mother Earth and all living things in regards to the impact that that will have, not just at the time that you might be engaged, but indeed for future generations to come. So it's a form of leadership, Sarah, that is deeply um, touching, uh, deeply sacred, uh, and deeply considering of how we're showing up in the world and the impact that we're actually having in everything that we do. It does not ascribe to somebody needing to be out front all the time or bold or extroverted or getting people to do what they tell them to do. Uh, Sacred leaders come in all forms, shapes, sizes, colours, gender, identities, uh, extrovert, introvert, ambivert, the whole thing. And it really begins with a, a form of leadership that deeply centres on going within and looking at our own healing and our own impact on the world. And then from there, how is it that we can make a greater impact with the life and legacy that we're creating every day? 
Oh, thank you so much. This is so important. And my, my juices are all flowing, Julie, because I have a, <laughs> I have a postmasters in school leadership. Um, and so I was a school principal. <laughs> and, um, and so there are aspects of traditional leadership that, um, you know, as a woman and a woman who is waking up to the truth of who I, who I am, who I was at that time, it was just too hierarchical, too um, <sighs> positional. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you're saying, I just, I have quite a few questions about, but, you know, we'll start with what you said last, that it really requires the person to go within. And so let's talk about some of that inner work. Maybe it's even work in the recognition that you want to be a leader or that you are a leader or, you know, how would a woman be recognizing some of, some of that inside of themselves if they've got this hunch or this little bug about it? Mm, that's a really beautiful question, Sarah, because I think that what you're describing there are thoughts and feelings that many women uh, are feeling and are thinking and maybe aren't necessarily quite sure what that's all about. And I think we actually know that this is truth, this is fact, because there is a collective rising of women and the divine feminine and women in leadership positions. It's too slow for my, my, for my, <laughs> for my desire, but it is happening. And so we, we are seeing more and more women um, have these thoughts and feelings come forth. And I think the core of it at least from my perspective, and I want to acknowledge that it may be different for every woman who's experiencing it, it's just a desire for more. Mm. It's a desire mm. to be more. It's a desire to do more. It's a desire to serve more. It's a desire to live with more richness, more sacredness, more impact. And I think that any woman that is having those kinds of thoughts or feelings bubble to the surface for herself in any way, whether that's to be a more present and beautiful mother or whether it is to get that promotion at work because she can see how things could be done better and differently and with more grace or that she's a business owner and wants to attract more people into her work to have the impact that she desires to have. It could come in many, many forms, but I think that that's where it begins. And so if anyone's out there thinking or feeling anything like that, there's a leader, a sacred leader, I would suggest, that is bubbling inside you. Mm, beautiful. And it's there's a differentiation between striving for more because something's lacking and striving for more because you know that the world can be better. Oh, um, yes, you know, do you want to speak to that? Because I think sometimes, again, in my experience, when women think, well, I, I need to do more, I need to amass more, I need, I need to have more. That's actually how I got into school leadership. Like it was already my career, but I was the primary um, income earner in my household at the time. And so I thought, well, if we want more, then I've got to go climb the ladder. But this mm. is a different kind of more that you're talking about. It is a different kind of more. You're absolutely right, Sarah. It's a more that comes from the soul. Yeah. It's a more that comes from 
not necessarily I want more money or I want more prestige or I want more power, all of which, by the way, I think are excellent things in the hands of women. I do. I was going to say, I do not wish to dismiss that at all, Mm -hmm. at all in any way. But this desire for more is something that comes from deep within our soul. It becomes something where I believe that if we don't do it, we know that we're not living to our fullest potential, whatever it might be. If we don't do it, it's something that likely will keep coming back to us again and again and again in some form. It's a tug. You know, it's a, it's a deep longing and a desire and a pull that says, you know, we really, really want to do something or we really want to shift something or change something or be a part of something. And that in many ways, if we don't do it, that we won't be whole and complete in the way that we know that we could be. Mm. And therefore, that's when it becomes a calling. It's not just something to do. That's when it switches into a space of, this is a calling for me mm. and therefore I must follow. Mm. And I really believe that um, every woman can identify with that. Me too. Yeah. Me yeah. too. And that in many ways we can take it even further and say that that calling, and you may have a number of them throughout your lifetime, not necessarily just one, but it could mm-hmm. be one, that calling is a very significant reason why you are here. why you are in the skin and body that you're in, why your soul has incarnated at this time in the way that you are. That's the reason why. It's it's certainly one of the big reasons why, I think. Yes. Yeah, so I would love to hear more about your journey into becoming, you know, an embodiment of this sacred leadership and, and leading in this area and teaching about this. So, you know, you have this public, um, I'll say persona, or like you use the word priestess, you have the priestess podcast and the priestess temple school. Was there a Julie Parker once upon a time who was a little timid to use the word priestess or own all of those parts of yourself? Or I would love to hear a little bit more about your sacred remembering journey and you honoring that calling if you're willing to share. Oh, of course I'm willing to share. And may I just begin by saying, Sarah, that it was more than timidity. It was, out, it was outright fear. You know, it, it was who do you think you are yeah. to call yourself this? Have yeah. you gone mad? Yeah. What, what will people think? Um your Sunday school teacher is turning in her grave. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All the things, all the things Mm -hmm. came up, which, of course, is a not uncommon experience for so many of us Mm -hmm. when we make the decision to step into greater visibility and greater power and greater leadership for ourselves. This is part of the journey. Yeah. Um, It is an uncomfortable, challenging and difficult part of the journey, but it is there nonetheless. And 
It's part of what makes up the sacred in sacred leadership because I think we all know that there are many people that we can see in leadership positions, you know, even on a global stage around the world that have not necessarily done the the inner work uh, or uh, are looking at themselves and their own impact and and how they're influencing people and whether that is for uh, the greater good and that a lot of it is very ego-based and it's very much a trip of some kind. And so the sacredness aspect of that style of leadership is just not there, if in fact Mm -hmm. it's even leadership at all. I mean, I see, I I envision Mm. sometime into the future, but this is a whole other conversation, Sarah, where such ways of being are actually not going to be seen as leadership at all. I think our definition of leadership is significantly changing and shifting and we need it to in so many different ways. But there was definitely significant fear for me when I started to open up and really sacredly remember my lineage and my ancestral wisdom, in particular the line of women that had come before me and how I came to a deep understanding and recognition that I had was coming from a line of, of priestesses and spiritual leaders in their own right, not that they necessarily ever saw themselves in that way um, because really the, the reclaiming of the priestess as leader in our modern world is something that's really only been emerging within the last five years or so and really I think even more significantly within the last one to two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now prior to that, of course, priestesses in the ancient world were extremely revered and honoured. It was a position of great privilege Mm. and um, impact and community and sisterhood and collective wisdom for women. Once upon a time, that was very revered and honoured, but then thousands of years of patriarchy have stripped us of these, uh, I'm not sure whether you'd necessarily call powers, but of this ownership of witch, priestess, healer, um, uh, midwife, maven, all of these styles and ways of being where women are deeply in their spiritual power and supporting others to be so as well. And so, yes, it was a journey for sure and I had to work through lots of ego and shadow and darkness within myself but it's one step was one step at a time, slowly, slowly, slowly and interestingly enough, the very first time I ever actually came out so to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a priestess, took me by utter surprise. Mm. I was being, I was actually interviewing someone on stage in New York City at a large event and she had just given the most searing and brilliant talk about the imposter complex. Oh. And I was sitting there interviewing her afterwards on stage and all I could hear was this loud woodpecker banging voice inside my head that was telling me she's talking. 
talking to you. Yeah. You, everybody else thinks that she's talking to them too, but she's also talking to you. And suddenly within the richness and beauty of that conversation, I just suddenly said, I'm a priestess. And mm. she turned to me and she said, well, of course you are. <laughs> look, at, look at this gathering of extraordinary mm. women. And I was honestly, I had to choke back tears. It was, um, it was a real life moment for me, and it was not planned or expected in any way. It mm. just simply happened. And then from then, uh, it was really on, so to mm. speak. No, mm. no one died as I thought they might. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad happened. Um, mm. Everything. Yes, I did get lots of questions, and I did lose some people along the way, and that happens when we step onto a higher path for ourselves. But there was definitely fear in the remembering and owning to begin with, for sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that story. That sounds really powerful. And I love what you said about, you know, what puts the sacred and sacred leadership is, is you, is, is the human who is doing that inner work and listening to that path of sacred remembering and and saying yes i'm going to choose this and um and showing up in that integrity um because you're right we have many many examples in this white male leadership dominated world of of people who have not done their work of people who are not true leaders you know i think of indigenous uh, tribes and elders and that's leadership you know that's like they they wouldn't have ever considered leading like some of what we're seeing uh across the world today um yes you are yeah. you are so very very right about that sarah and we owe so much to indigenous wisdom and i think as women in particular indigenous women i know for myself i in in you saying that i would love to acknowledge one of my greatest teachers dr janara garengaring who is an Indigenous uh, woman um, from here in Australia who, and I still work with her today around mentoring and sacred leadership. And, you know, I'll never forget the very first session that I ever had with Janara. Um, and basically she started to ask me about, um, you know, I thought she was going to be, okay, this is sacred leadership 101. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you do this and you do this and you do this. And our entire first session, which just left me in buckets of tears at, at the end, but good tears, healing tears, and a sign that I knew that I needed to do deeper work was she started to ask me deeply probing questions about my childhood and times where I felt um, potentially uh, abandoned or wounded, or um, upset, or like I was not seen. (laughs) And she instantly was helping me to draw connections between those experiences and how I was showing up in the world as a leader today. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we just deeply uncovered so much, particularly around my egoic desire at times to be seen and loved. Yes, which is uh, a trait sometimes of leaders uh, who maybe come in contact with large numbers of people and that that feeds them somehow. Oh, sticky, messy, Mm -hmm. truth, honesty. 
um, around unpacking what that looks like and making sure that that doesn't become the fuel. Right, right. That's like, that's the work. That's, that's, that's the work. Well, that's, well, that's the work for me at the moment. It may mm-hmm. look different for other people, but it's certainly for me right now. And, yep, that's what sacred leadership mm-hmm. is. It's working on self first. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so it's not the obliteration of the shadow. It's acknowledging the shadow and that you're working on it. And, um, you know, I think a common mis- misconception of leadership is that you've got it all figured out. Um, oh, yes, <laughs> that is so very true, so true. And, yes, we can't ever wish our, our shadows away. They are a part of us and, in fact, are so often our greatest teachers and therefore, if we see those parts of ourselves with as much love and compassion as we can, we can learn so much and alchemically transmute everything that they're calling us to do so. Absolutely. And that is leadership. So I have a question about, um, you know, advice for women who might be in a situation where they feel this um internal leadership, this natural sacred leadership that you're talking about, they know it's for them, but they're still in the world of nine to five, or maybe they've climbed that ladder or, you know, maybe they still have a white male boss and they're trying to figure out sort of like, how do I, how do I exist in this space or play this game? What would be some advice for them? I know it's a big question, but, um, you know, for, for women listening, they're like, what, where do I start? Because I still got this guy telling me that we don't do leadership this way. Yeah, look, it is a big question. And the, my, my heart and intuitive answer that's come to me straight away, Sarah, is just simply to say, trust and believe yourself mm-hmm. first and foremost because yeah. how many times as women do we have thoughts of things that could be better or things that we might be able to step into or things that we could change or things that we want to do or be or grow into but we push it aside and we yeah. go too hard basket or no one's going to listen, or this is just going to crumble around me anyway, or it's not perfectly formed, I can't do it, or it's meant to be for somebody else, not me. Yeah. And so if we want to achieve anything in relation to that, if we, we want to follow that calling or take that next step, The first thing that you have to do is trust and believe that that voice, that thought, that soul message is coming to you for a reason Mm -hmm. and that you are the only person that can follow through with it. Mm. You are the only one. No one can pluck it out of you and dip you like a fairy godmother and say, okay, now you go. Yeah. It doesn't happen like that. You're going to have to be the one that trusts yourself and believes in yourself enough to take action. And that action can be small to begin with. It might just be, you know, sitting in beautiful, quiet, still thought or meditation for yourself consistently, say, for seven days or two weeks where you journal and just listen and write down all the loving thoughts or even the scary ones that come forth about what's come to you. Get it all out. Write it down. 
dance it out, run it out, walk it out, you know, do whatever you need to do to bring it into your focus. But for that to happen, you have to trust yourself enough and give yourself enough time to go there to begin with. And once you've got that out, then it becomes up to you to take the next steps. Mm, Such beautiful advice. Yes, all of that. Yes. So (laughs) I think I I have one more question for you around coronavirus and, um, I'm curious what you're hearing from women, because what I've been hearing more and more and more of is women saying, you know, I've had this idea for a really long time, and all this time at home has really given me a little time to think about this, and I don't know if I want to go back to that daily grind. I think I might start this new thing. Are you hearing a lot of women talking about that internal sacred leadership and maybe making a leap right now? What do you think is going on right now? Yes, it's happening. You're right. It it, it is happening. And I think that that shouldn't come as a surprise to any of us, even though it might, because whenever there has been significant times in the world of global shift and change, and make no mistake, this is one of them, Mm -hmm. you know, in hundreds of years and thousands of years to come, this period of time will be looked back on as extremely significant because of, first of all, the significant loss of life and impact to economy and the world that it has had um, so tragically for so many people. But it also, and this is still to come, Sarah, it's still emerging. I genuinely do believe it is going to have been the catalyst for some very significant shifts in the way that we live, in the way that we work, in the way that we parent, in the way that we think about education for our children, in how we view our health, in how we explore the world and see travel. All of these things are going to shift and change in some way. And aren't women so very, very often at the forefront of heralding in that change? Mm. And exactly what it is that you're just saying is most definitely happening. I think we're going to see women undergo significant career changes here, parenting changes, Um, maybe start businesses or shift their business in some way, really feeling into this space of understanding how short life is, how precious it is, how it can change in an instant. And therefore that calling that we were talking about earlier has just become so richly and deeply important to act upon right now. Mm -mm. So important. Yes. I mean, if ever there was a time to act and to listen to that inner voice, it is now. I so strongly believe that. Um, Absolutely. Julie, is there anything else about sacred leadership that we did not cover today that you know needs to be said? Oh my gosh, Sarah. It's like, you know, we could record a whole audio book on this. Sue, I didn't ask if if we left anything out. I'm I'm asking, is there anything that is just on your heart that you just really want to say about um, sacred leadership for the women listening? 
Well, I think if I could just say that if you have an inkling that you are one, you are, and please let us see you. Yeah. Yes. And, oh, my goodness, I kind of thought of one last question or one last thing that you might want to share. In the beginning, you said you can be an introvert, an extrovert, uh, you know, quiet, loud. It doesn't need to look a certain way. So if a woman has a strong idea but doesn't fit this, you know, what we think of as typical um, extroverted leadership or something like that, listen anyway. (laughs) Absolutely listen anyway. And may I say with my hand over my heart as an extrovert to my introverted sisters, we need you even more. Yeah. We need you even more because for too long, for too long, the the paradigm of leadership throughout the world, from everything from your local mother's group sometimes right up to the echelons of prime ministers and presidents, has been viewed in such a way that one has to be this charismatic extroverted, loud, louder, I should say, outgoing, very confident in style and speech and manner that that's what makes a leader or at least elements of it. Yeah. It's it's simply, yes, those people can be wonderful leaders and absolutely extraordinary at what they do. But there are many other forms of leadership that we simply do not get to see and I just desperately want to come to the fore and be championed because the more that we see different forms of leaders and leadership, the more that we will understand and know that if we're thinking, could that be me, when you see examples of it, you'll go, actually, yes, it can be Mm -hmm. and we will inspire each other to step into those spaces, which we so desperately need us to do. Thank you so much for adding that. That's amazing. Julie, thank you for being here. Would you please share with our listeners where they can find you on the web? Mm, You can find me at juliesuzanneparker.com or beautifulyoucoachingacademy.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Very much appreciate this important topic. Thank you for having me, Sarah. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.